재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 We need to show real resolve and determination. We need to use every profound political and economic and security implications. Uh, what the North Korean claims is a plot, a Christian plot to overthrow the regime. If you have any doubts and doubts that have been unrecognized by the SNP. Primetime on TBS EFM. Every weekday from 6 to 8 p.m. All right. Uh, we've been sort of inundated with all the uh, developments, uh, the fresh allegations that have been surfacing with this uh, political scandal involving Chesun Shil, the close friend of President Park. And up to now, we've been giving you sort of the uh, straight reporting on it, as well as uh, the analysis from uh, various scholars, uh, other pundits. But Today and right now, what we want to do is get a bit of a journalistic perspective on this. And we've invited two great journalists to join us here in the studio for a bit of a roundtable discussion. Uh, first, our good friend from uh, Korea Expose, the managing editor, uh, Seung Koo. Good to see you again. Thank nice you for joining to be us. Back, and also joining us once again, the uh, Seoul Bureau Chief of Voice of America, Brian Patton. Uh, sir, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Brian, let's begin with you. First of all, I, I suppose... <laughs> what are your thoughts? This has uh, become, I suppose, without any uh, exaggeration, the biggest political scandal in recent memory. Uh, it's hard to see it as big from a foreign perspective. Okay. There seems to be a, a rush to judgment here. Uh, from what I can glean so far, you know, the, President Park has a friend who happens to be a bad friend, allegedly, and and is involved, perhaps involved in embezzling billion of won. Uh, are there any direct lines connecting her to this to to her friend on on uh, on these dealings? Uh, these issues have to uh, have to be investigated. But uh, certainly, some of the allegations that are involved—it's just—it—it it sounds like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. That it was a you know a long-standing friend, uh, the daughter of her mentor, uh, uh, her that that that, that uh, Joy and her daughter fled the country, which you know doesn't doesn't seem to uh, reinforce her argument that she's innocent. So. Uh, yeah, I, I have a hard time right now comprehending the gravity of it. I don't see uh, high crimes and misdemeanor or misdemeanors at this point being proven. I don't see abuse of power being proven. I don't see uh, the opposition parties having a two-thirds majority in the National Assembly to impeach her. Uh, so uh, what are we talking about? Okay, interesting. Uh, there, there are some... I think interesting perspectives as far as, uh, as you're saying, from an international perspective as to uh, perhaps uh, a rush to judgment here. I think a lot of the the aspect of this is the unprecedented sort of nature of this scandal, right? So as far as, yeah, I mean, we've had politicians have taken bribes. We've had politicians and shady uh, dealings. We've had uh, things that go on. But just... The idea that this current president and, of course, her history with her father and all of that and the history of Chetemin and, and how that all kind of has come together and sort of these kind of linking of the puzzles of Cheong Yun-hui and what happened there and what happened with this policy and this speech. Just explain it from a Korean journalist's perspective as to uh, what's really kind of 
been sort of an earthquake event here. Well, I think, um, as Brian was saying, that from the foreign perspective, this story may seem a little overblown. I was just reading the New York Times article about the scandal from yesterday or rather this morning, and it really kind of boils it down to the the nutshells. Right? We have some embezzlement, but the amount does not seem to be necessarily extraordinary. We have a powerful or influential friend who has perhaps... Uh, uh, interfered with matters of the state. But is this really extraordinary? For Koreans, uh, I would say it is. For a very simple reason, uh, many corruption scandals in Korea often involve prominent people. So these are people in the uh, running major businesses like the Chebol families or we see influential politicians and it is almost expected that there are lots of backroom dealings going on. But Choi Soon-sil is such an outlier. She has no political experience and she really does not seem to be someone who should have this power, and yet she single-handedly re- uh, seems to have exercised incredible influence over president in matters ranging from finance, such as fundraising for the foundations, to personnel. Many people who are connected to her and who are clearly unqualified are working at the Blue House. And not to mention that she may even have dictated certain parts of the president's speeches and also policies. These are what re- things that are really shocking Koreans, and this is why people are talking about it to this extent. Brian, uh, to give, a, I suppose, a, a bit of a comparative politics view on this, some people have been saying, well, this is sort of similar to uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and her email server and the uh, deletion of 33,000 emails. If you go to a Trump rally, you'll hear about this quite a bit. Uh, WikiLeaks has had a lot of say since uh, I mean, there are some major differences. Hillary Clinton was not head of state uh, during whatever happened uh, during that, and there was a full FBI investigation into it, although obviously the other side doesn't feel that was an adequate response. But how would you compare this scandal to that so-called Clinton well, email scandal? I, I do see personality similarities between... President Park and Hillary Clinton, and, and that they're both very guarded people. So to get these glimpses of inside their inside lives are, are, are uh, in any degree is somewhat fascinating because they they wall themselves off from the world. Uh, the the email scandal and the the recovery of the tablet. I guess they are. They are similar in the sense that they are revealing a lot of inside information and contradicting uh, m- many of their public statements uh, with the Clinton Foundation, uh, what they are learning about how, again, uh, it's an appearance of impropriety, not necessarily uh, a direct uh, a, a direct uh, Ill- any illegal action. Or even really uh, uh, a, a hard unethical action, mm. uh, where, where you have where, where you would have uh, Clinton Foundation people uh, getting donations from uh, the so-called corporations. Pro quo. Yeah, and, and then and then you know also offering uh, one of the Clintons to speak at one of their events for many millions of dollars. There has never been anything proven. I mean, Clinton's position is that she's always put the interests of the country first and that she never, uh, never gave anyone any special Mm. favors because of, uh, uh, because of donations. Uh, yeah. You know, again, it's that blurry line between the appearance of something wrong and, and the smoking gun where you can actually connect them to 
uh, to either these illicitly uh, raise funds or whatever. There is a difference, though, be- between being a head of state, though, and and setting policy for a country's direction. Um, yes, and, if as- if you can, if if it can be uh, determined that she in any way knew that uh, that her friend was diverting and embezzling funds that her and that or that she herself benefited from it i mean yes it's now that then it becomes a scandal of probably uh epic proportion epic proportion uh, you would be talking about losing her losing her office well when we talk about the situation as it stands right now Sanlin, there's been a lot of demands i mean there's this debate is it even worth it to go for an impeachment? Is that even desirable? I think uh, some people are, are kind of arguing over that from the opposition's perspective. Uh, should she just kind of for the good for the country, for the good of her party, uh, just resign in the face of these allegations? Should she have a, a complete reshuffle of not only the secretariat, especially the three problematic so-called doorknob trio uh, individuals, and also a complete overhaul of the cabinet uh, with a neutral, politically neutral cabinet and maybe even institute a a, uh, a caretaker prime minister, remove herself from domestic affairs and only focus on national security, North Korean uh, issues. I suppose there's a lot of things going on here, but I mean, there's no real clear solution because no one's really agreeing, right? Well, there's always, uh, this is always the problem in Korea, right? Although I do want to say that there is this rare consensus at the moment that something is quite wrong with the presidency uh-huh. as to how we're going to deal with the problem is another matter. And uh, many people, especially in the opposition, have been calling for reshuffling of the cabinet and also removal of certain figures from the presidential secretariat. Um, this is an important move. This would be an important move for the president to make because, uh, unfortunately, the Blue House itself is implicated or ensnared by this scandal. And to have these people continue to pos- occupy positions of power is incredibly problematic when right. this uh, special investigation is about to go forth. Um, many people do argue that um, this might cause a vacuum, right? In vacuum, the state affairs. But in reality, in Korea, the, the lifespan of a minister is maybe uh, one year, two okay. years. I mean, this is, this is long enough. Uh, so the economy will not collapse because Woo Byung Woo has uh, <laughs> left the building. I, I don't think so. And in fact, this would be a kind of a faith hmm. restoring measure that the president really should make if she wants to do what is good for the country. Now, uh, Brian, as you say, uh, we need to kind of wait and see how the facts uh, unfold uh, if this investigation does take a proper course. Uh, There is planned for tomorrow in the downtown area uh, a a rally. We don't know, I suppose, the the size of how many people will end up uh, coming out for this. But you have university students all over the country, uh, all the major ones, uh, galvanized over the civic groups. Uh, They're all trying to, uh, I suppose send a message to the government and they have some demands here uh, to the president. Uh, what do you expect? I know you've been here long enough that you've witnessed uh, rallies, um, large scale, small scale and what have you. What do you expect tomorrow? Yeah, I, I expect a, a large scale rail rally and uh, I don't I don't expect it to get out of hand, but I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm in touch with the level of of anger right now here in in Korea. I know just in talking to some people on the street, you know, there is a sense that, you know, here here we go again with the powerful people just uh, living a different life and getting away with things that the ordinary people can't can't get away with. So there is that kind of anger uh, always at that uh, at that, but uh 
I don't know how that will play out. I think they're, you know, how the whole process will play out. I think we need, uh, I think the next step is that special prosecutor that has to uh, be appointed and something has to be done to get Choi back here, uh, whether it's, you know, nullifying her passport. Uh, but there is a game plan for, uh, for leaders who are involved in scandals. And there is a, and there is also a tendency of, by the opposition to overplay their hand on mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. where they they persecute leaders to the point where they become sympathetic figures mm-hmm. uh, special prosecutor that's an interesting point uh, raised by brian's hill because it looks like now that's off the table the uh, opposition the people's party has been saying up to now look we we, there, we we can't have this right now because it's just sort of obfuscating the actual kind of process that needs to play out with uh, first of all the getting rid of those guys like you mentioned in the secretariat and then having sort of a kind of a proper investigation from the actual people who are supposed to do this to prosecution. Can you just kind of explain to our listeners, there's this, I would say, I don't think it's exaggeration, a widespread distrust to the prosecution. I mean, they kind of scrambled to create that this. That would be uh, an understatement. Can you explain why that <laughs> yeah. is the case? Why there is this sense, these guys under the direction of, okay, this is the thing, right, the theory, under Wu Bianghu, why would they be really aggressive in trying to find out when their sort of jobs are on the line because they're sort of answering to the guy who everyone is saying is the, the big problem in all of this. Yeah, exactly. The prosecutors actually are part of the justice ministry and they answer to the president. So how likely is it for them to be independent impartial figures in this investigation? In fact, a rather damning article came out um, either this morning or yesterday. So many developments, it's a little hard to keep track. But uh, it actually featured an interview with the Sanke bureau chief. If you, some of our listeners may recall that in 2014, after the Sewol disaster, Sanke printed this article claiming that there's a rumor about President and how she spent uh, seven hours alone with Choi Soon Sil's husband, right? And and he just gave an interview saying that when he was being grilled by the prosecutors two years ago, many of the questions that he was asked were about Choi Soon-sil. So there are these indications that prosecutors, in fact, knew that Choi Soon-sil played some kind of role in the backroom dealings of the government. But this fact would never, ever surfaced until now. So why is it that people should suddenly trust the prosecutors? And in fact, mm. the problem with the special prosecution is quite simple. Uh, normally, the pros- special prosecutor would be appointed by the president. And how can she appoint the prosecutor who will investigate the scandal that goes to the heart of her presidency? This is what the opposition right. and the ruling party are currently battling over. And unfortunately, there has not been any agreement. Uh, uh, Brian, there's another comparative look to this. Uh, Bill Clinton, he was impeached. Uh, a lot of people, and I think a lot of our younger listeners, in this is really kind of almost in the history books now. Uh, it was in the 90s, but the, the misunderstanding I think a lot of people have is, is it was because of an extramarital affair uh, and how he supposedly cheated on his wife. He had an affair with an intern, Monica Lewinsky. Uh, but what he was officially impeached for was actually the testimony, right, for what was deemed to be lying. Under, perjury. Uh, for perjury. For perjury. Right. Because uh, he appeared under oath and gave testimony uh, uh, about the affair, and which he denied it happening, although he used very lawyer-like language in his denial yeah, yeah. that 
gave him some a lot of wiggle room. The famous quote uh, that's it depends on what, what the definition of is is. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. And and so what followed was there were a number of articles. The opposition Republican Party had a, a large majority in the House of Representatives. They impeached him for perjury. I think was one of the uh, charges. I don't know if it was abuse of power as well. It could have been. Uh, however, it uh, the impeachment was not successful because it had to be confirmed in the Senate by two-thirds majority and because the Republicans did not have a two-thirds majority right. that they could garner together. It ended there. Clinton, remember, came out of that whole situation more popular than when he went in. Yep. And the midterms, they punished the Republicans uh, pretty severely in terms of the backlash. They did because the voters believed that it was only about sex. Right. Uh, Even though they were not happy and and were uh, yeah uh, about about that situation, they again thought that the uh, the Republican Party was just kind of uh, overplaying its hand, bringing in the government to gridlock over uh, over a situation that was not really. where it was not really warranted. And that's another perhaps instructive, maybe cautionary tale for uh, whatever these opposition politicians are, are looking at here. Uh, we're almost out of time, but as far as uh, what we see looking forward, uh, does this feel different to you? Because we've, <laughs> I, I know that collective memory is sometimes short, but we've had scandals like the NIS election meddling. We've had this Hewell Ferry tragedy. We've had all these other allegations surface regarding this administration. And it sort of kind of just fades away. Is this different or do you think um, we're looking at a pattern here? I think this is very different for the very simple reason that this scandal does not compare to the scandal concerning Bill Clinton. This is about the president's ability to govern this country. And what the allegation suggests is that she was actually never in control. If you go on the South Korean internet, you see everybody... I cannot say everybody, but so many people now calling the president kind of a comatose patient or someone who is not in charge of her own body. Some people even started calling her a bot, Chesunshi bot. So this kind of widespread derision is a real shift from what we have seen before. People did not like Pakune, but now it comes down to pure ridicule and almost contempt. The uh, approval ratings, uh, which have been sort of been tracking lower and lower, uh, this might be one of those very, very rare moments where uh, we might see single-digit uh, approval ratings in the next few days. Uh, it's still, of course, a story that's unfolding. We're going to have to uh, wait and see, as Brian has said. Uh, we're going to leave it there, but uh, Brian, Helen, thank you both for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.